Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. All month this month, we have been talking about things that we don't talk about. Shh. <laughs> so today, I want to talk about something that is also really taboo to talk about, and that is grace and grief. Those are two things that everybody talks about, like, oh, yeah, the grieving process is normal, and oh, we should have grace with things, but at the same time, nobody really wants to talk about them. We all say, oh, you should have grace. Oh, you should, you should handle that with a poem. You should handle that, but nobody really talks about, A, what that means, or B, how to do it, and then same thing with grief. Everybody says, oh, yeah, give yourself time to grieve. Oh, yes, the grieving process, blah, 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 blah. But again, nobody wants to hear about it when you're struggling. And nobody really knows what to say when somebody is grieving. They're just things that sound good. Today's guest is going to change all that. Today's guest is Christina Flack. And she has done some amazing things in her life. First of all, she's the founder and the CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup, and we're going to go into that. But she's also experienced some significant loss, and she has gone through grief with an enormous amount of grace. So with that, Christina, welcome to my show. My gosh, I... We should just end it now because that was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. I've, you know, you have been through so much in your life, both positive and negative, and you have handled that negative with an extraordinary amount of grace. And I'm really hoping you can share with our listeners today your take on both what it means to be graceful and what it means to move through grief. So can you start just by sharing a little bit of your story? Because it's a phenomenal story. <laughs> well, um, I'm the CEO and founder, as you said, of Pretty Girl Makeup. I'm a celebrity makeup artist and I'm a mother of five. Um, I've also, um, at a very young, I lost my mom when I was uh, 20. And when I was 40, I lost my son, Bo, on Christmas day. He was four and a half months old. And two years ago, March, I lost my husband, Ken. Uh, my husband was my best friend. My, he was my everything. And uh, we had, we'd been married eight years. And uh, my husband was a professional tennis player. He was number one in the world with his partner, Rob Seguso. They had won Wimbledon and Davis Cup and a gold medal in Seoul. And, um, but, you know, he was an amazing human being. You know, he had fantastic accomplishments, but he really was just a special man. And um, so since he passed away, um, to, go, to go back a tiny bit, he had gotten a cold. It had turned into bronchitis. Uh, we had called Kaiser Permanente, which was our medical provider at the time. 
um, you have to call your, uh, the advice nurse and then they connect you to a doctor. So we had told her that, you know, he had a fever. I had never seen him more sick. He had felt glass in his chest. He just felt he had orange, like spewage coming out. It was really yucky. It was horrible. And um, the doctor, Dr. John Culbertson called back and just told him, oh, you need cough medicine with codeine and uh, an inhaler, which, you know, as you know, first of all, a doctor needs to see you because you don't really know over the phone, how can one diagnose? And number two, when you um, prescribe cough medicine with codeine, especially someone that's spewing up, you know, clearly infection and not counter it with an antibiotic, um, the, the cough medicine with codeine suppresses your bill breathing to the point where an infection grows out of control. So in, within 12 hours, he went from feeling horrible to spitting up blood I rushed him to the emergency at the Kaiser Permanente um, Hospital in San Rafael, California. Uh, he walked in. They, he was still spitting up blood. They put him in an emergency room, and they tried to, you know, stabilize him with, with, uh, with different um, forms of oxygen, three different ones. Uh, they had tested him for sepsis, and I didn't know this at the time, but they didn't give him the antibiotic. They didn't have it in stock. They were waiting for it. So the thing is with, with sepsis you can't wait <laughs> because if you wait, it's, it's, so sepsis, I don't know if you're familiar, is an infection of the blood. And then if it goes too long without being treated, it shuts down all your uh, organs, everything. So within that time, because he wasn't given the antibiotic, he was put on life support, which they told me was intubating him. What they told me was, oh, he, we're gonna intubate him to clear out the orange yuck in his you know, chest which sounded completely reasonable to me. Um, but, you know, that was the last time I spoke with my husband. Oh. And so I didn't know that was life support. And I, I, you know, it was awful. And I live with that every day, just feeling like I didn't get to say my goodbye. You know, my, I mean, how can you ever say your goodbye to your person, right? You just, no. you just can't. So anyway, since my, my husband passed away in, let's see, that was Thursday, I took him into the hospital. Um, and by Monday, his appendages started turning black. And I brought in a, a specialist to see like what we would do about, you know, fixing the, the, I kept calling it discoloration, but it was clearly black. And that's what happens when your organs shut down. And they said, well, if he survives, uh, we will have to amputate the arms and legs. And I'm like, whoa, okay, my husband, if he couldn't golf and drink a beer and hug his kids and love me, like, that was it. So unfortunately we had to, you know, take him off life support and he passed away, you know, within mo moments after that. And so since then, um, he passed the sepsis Alliance asked me if I would be willing to use Ken's likeness and speak about awareness, you know, considering he had such a huge following with tennis. Yeah. Um, and I said, yes, that I would, I would be happy to do that. Um, it's part of my grieving process. When my son Bo passed away, I had started a, um, a garden with my girlfriend, Lisa Zimmer. She was a principal at Edna McGuire School in Mill Valley. So we had um, opened this huge garden outdoor classroom called the Bo Friedman um, Outdoor Classroom in Mill Valley, California. And then um, I decided I had been involved with the Northern Light School in Oakland. It's a private school for minority children that are all on scholarship. Wow. They have an amazing success rate of 98% of their students graduating from 
um, high college um, and getting degrees. Um, it's an amazing, amazing school. So I started the Bow Free, the Baby Bow uh, Educational Fund. So after Ken passed, I thought it would be, you know, I wanted to do the same. So I started uh, um, the Ken Flack Educational Fund at the Northern Lights School as well. So, and I've been, you know, trying to raise awareness, doing all these interviews and, and trying to let people know about the signs of, of sep signs of sepsis. So no one else, you know, can lose their person. Um, and so there's, if you go to sepsis.org, there is a little table there that says time. And what time on that means is T is for temperature. You could be incredibly cold or incredibly warm. Um, I is for infection. You have some sort of infection in your bother, whether it's a cut finger or, you know, in Ken's case, it was, you know, a bronchitis and pneumonia, uh, you know, a tooth, it's just some sort of infection. M is for mental decline. You can't really rouse them. You, you know, they can't really, they're not really thinking at full capacity. Um, and E is for excruciating pain. They're in, in, in pain like you think you're dying because you are. And the thing with sepsis that's so important, first of all, you'd be shocked to know that a quarter of a million people die last year from sepsis. And the other thing is that you don't have a tomorrow. You know how usually you, you think, oh, I'll take cough medicine with codeine, I'll fall asleep, I'll wake up and feel better. Well, that's not the case with sepsis. Uh, you don't have a tomorrow. So it's really imperative that you get to an emergency and you know get a blood test and get on the proper protocol of, of antibiotic and, and you'll survive. It's absolutely curable, but, but sepsis is a very ugly illness and disease. It's just, you know, people need to know that it's just really important to get it treated immediately. Hmm. Very important. So something that I feel as I talk to you is there's such an unfairness around this because with that acronym, it's great. We can treat it. It is curable, but so many people don't know about it. And if that many people are dying, it just feels so unfair. And I'm so glad that you're doing this work because how many of the listeners out there have the belief that, oh, well, I, I'll trust my medical team. I'll trust. And that's them. how we were. I, I always, you know, Ken and I have such respect for the medical profession. And we always were like, oh, well, if the doctor says that's what it is. And the one thing that I've learned um, with this experience is that, you know, when you have, a, I, you have a feeling that like something's not right or you're getting the wrong answer, get another opinion or go somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, you shouldn't have to do that, but clearly that is what you need to do. And so it, people, what I want is now, you know, I would like to make change in the medical system, especially in a company like Kaiser that, you know, factors in loss of life because they don't want to see patients because it costs more money. Well, if you don't see your patients, you're going to have more loss of life. And that is just unacceptable to me. I think it is criminal. It's just wrong on 18 million thousand levels. Um, so I want to make change in the medical system. I would like to, you know, I'd like people to just, you know, you and I are having a conversation. Someone else will hear this and just say, hey, or do you know about sepsis? And if you don't, go to sepsis.org. There's so yes. much information. Um, and it's just organic conversation. Just even the word sepsis, that if you know about it, you'll be more aware of how to handle the situation. Now, especially now with what's going on with, you know, COVID-19, 
the coronavirus, you know, there's, I'm sure going to be more cases of sepsis. Uh, And so it's really important that people, you know, are aware. And so that's all I'm trying to do. No. And I'm so glad that you did. And how I hear your story and it breaks my heart and it frustrates me and it makes me mad. And, and I, I feel this entire range of emotions and that's part of the grief process is that entire range of emotions. How did you keep from being bitter? How did you keep from just folding in on yourself and saying, this is awful. I've lost my mom. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I've lost my son. It's awful. And now I've lost my husband. How did you keep from just quitting and giving up? Believe me, I have many moments that I feel like crawling in a ball and, you know, I get angry. I just feel like, why me? But then I realized I've had, I was great. I, you know, my daughter, Melania, she lives in London. She's a fashion designer. And she had told me after Ken passed, she said, you know, mommy, I know you're furious and angry and hurt, but you know, after Bo died, daddy made you happy and you laughed and smiled again. And so I'm really grateful for the time I had eight years with Ken. I wish I had 8 million, but I really try to come from a place of gratitude of what I had instead of what I don't have. And you know, I know that everyone says, yo, you should be grateful. I really truly am grateful. I'm truly grateful that I had, you know, Bo for four and a half months and my mother and, you know, happiness is a choice and how one deals with grief is a choice. And, um, my, one of my best friends, Eva, man, took me to grief camp at Canyon Ranch after I, after Ken died. And she lied and said (laughs) that we were going to a spa. (laughs) And we went to grief camp. And let me tell you, grief camp is not fun. It's, it's hard work and it hurts and it's painful, but it really was important. And what I learned was that no one's grief is worse than someone else's. Everyone's grief is, you know, their grief and, and they're going to handle it any way they choose. But I also feel, and my, so I, it's so funny after I've been, you know, I'm a makeup artist and CEO. I like being behind the camera and now I'm in front of it. So I have to, you know, but that's probably something I needed to learn to do. But, you know, I really feel that when people pass on, they go up to heaven and they're angels and they're watching us and they're with us. We just, we feel them, but we can't see them. Um, You know, so I feel that it would be incredibly hard for Ken and my mom and my son to look down on us if we were just always crying and sad because they don't want that. For us. I, I know that if I was looking down on my children and saw that they were just not happy and living life to the fullest, it would, that would just kill me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at, at grief like that, like, you know, to honor my husband and my son and my mom, I try to, to wake up and be happy. And believe me, there's days I wake up and like think, oh, I don't want to wake up and I don't like this is sucks and I don't want to be doing this, but I just have to think of some things that I'm grateful for. My children, my health, my, my job that I love. Um, I'm getting to speak with, you know, your lovely face and, you know, helping other people. And there's so much to be grateful for, but it's definitely a choice. And I think I just feel that that's the right thing to do. And also I have, you know, my four kids that are still here. I want them to have a healthy, happy life. So if I'm just depressed and miserable, what's that going to do to them? 
you know? So I, I try to think of them and, and it's a blessing to me to watch them grow up and do, you know, all their accomplishments and, and see them smile. It's, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I like that. And you had said with sepsis and that there is no tomorrow. And I guess none of us are guaranteed our tomorrow. So we might as well make our today's fun. You might as well watch your kids today. You might as well do some incredible work with Pretty Girl Makeup today. You might as well enjoy that. I absolutely think that. I feel that, you know, what are you waiting for? You don't know if you have a tomorrow. You no. find your love, love them. You know, you want to eat cake, eat the cake. You know, live your life like it is your last day. And I think people would be happier and, and they would experience more. And, and I think if you just continue on like a healthy or a happy way, it just, it's contagious. You know, I, I feel people's energy, you know, that's part of my job as a makeup artist is to make people feel good so that they can look good in front of the camera. And you know, if I'm in a bad mood, it's going to affect a lot of people. And I don't want that. I want people to feel after they've met with me, I want them to like think, oh, you know, she was really nice or she was funny or I don't know, something, yes, <laughs> something positive. Oh. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting when people go, oh, I don't believe in energy. How can you not? Right. So how can you not? Like, I can feel your energy right here. You know, you, you've got so much energy and you know, you can't say love is an energy. It's total energy. You can't explain it. You can't see right. it. But you feel it. And I think it's, it's important. I love that. I also think it is so important that you said grief camp is hard work because I think that's part of the reason that we don't tend to talk about grief or grace is because it's work. And when you're talking about energy and love and that you can't see it and you can't feel it, but you experience it. I feel like grief is also one of those things. We experience it and we all feel it different ways and it is hard work and it's difficult to talk about because I can share my grief experience and you can share yours and we can't compare. You know, when you said all grief, you can't look at yours and say yours is a nine and mine is an eight and hers was a seven, but his was a 10. It's just something that we can be, that we experience and we all experience it differently so it's difficult to put words around it and it is difficult, but Oh, it's so important. Well, the thing is, if you don't deal with something, it's still there. If you're going to have to, at some point deal with it. And if you keep putting it off and putting it off, it's only going to grow. It's going to grow like a disease. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and infects and it affects more people and infects more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like you look, I don't feel like I've, how do I say this? You don't get over it. I'm not like no. over his death. I don't think I will ever be ever. over his death or, or my son or my mother. I learned to manage it. I learned to live with it. I learned to handle it. And that's what grief camp does. There's an amazing book called um, We Plan and God Laughs by Rabbi Sherry Hirsch. And she was actually at my grief camp. She was speaking. And what she said was important was like, look, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be excuse my nose is itchy. <laughs> um, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be heartache and it's your choice how you choose to handle it. And if you want to be positive, you know, it's, it's easier to, you know, you can be in a good mood or a bad mood. It's definitely your choice. And the same, same with grief, you can handle it and, and learn to manage it and learn to love again and, and be, you know, love who, you know, your children or whoever you're with. It's just, it's just something that you need to kind of, you need tools to, to learn to do it. And so I think that has helped me. I've had some tools and 
I've had, I still have moments all the time where I just am like, you know, can get down here. I'm, I'm, you've been up there enough, come back. Uh, right. And, and I get really frustrated and angry if, you know, and I know that if I get too hungry or too tired or too, you know, if I don't work out, I really realize that I have to manage keeping balanced emotionally, but physically as well to stay, to be able to manage it. So I really try not to get too worked up. And if I get in a bad mood, I'll turn on some music. I'll light a candle. I'll go for a run. I will call a friend. I, there's things that I do when I'm feeling like I'm having a hard time, you know? Mm -hmm. I absolutely right on. And tying it together, not that your business and grief are the same at all. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever level of grief it is, sometimes I will have a bad day based on something that is so superficial, but then it starts spiraling me back into the significant grief points in my life. And then pretty soon, yeah, I'm in a really bad place. And I like what you said, being aware of exercise. Exercise always does it for me. Absolutely. Always calling the friend a candle. Those tools are so important. And it doesn't, like you had said, it doesn't, we can't compare the levels. All yeah. grief is real, whether it's that a client told me no, or it's a huge grief, it's still grief and it still hurts. And it still connects us, I believe, to every energetic grief moment we've ever experienced. Absolutely. I find that, um, I think one of the, the blessings of helping others, you know, during the grieving process, um, is very helpful. So there's this at the Northern Light School. Um, they the schools run solely on grants and donations, and all the kids are on pretty much ninety percent are on scholarship. So um, Vida Blue is on the board, and he does a celebrity golf tournament every year. And my son Ben, Bo's twin, um, for the last four years, he's a golfer, and he has gone on the fifth hole. It's a par three, and hit a golf ball and raise money for his twin and his dad's foundation. So this past October, Ben has raised $35,500. Wow. And, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, you know, Ben, I'm so proud of you. You're my hero. Like you're 13 years old and look how much money you've, he's raised, I think almost a hundred thousand dollars in the past, you know, four years, um, for, to help kids go to school. And I told him, I said, you know, Ben, three kids are going to go, be able to go to private school for an entire year because of what you did today. And, you know, that changes that family's life, that person's life, you know, communities in the world. And I find that that's how the world can be a better place by everyone doing one kind act and one small thing turns into another thing. And then, you know, that student's going to remember, wow, I went to school, you know, on scholarship and I'm going to go back and help others. I just find that the cycle, it, it, is a positive cycle instead of a negative one. Yes. So I also think besides, you know, the exercise and the, you know, not, you know, not drinking, not doing drugs and, you know, all of that, that are not going to affect you. And be believe me, after my son died, I started taking, they gave me sleeping pills because I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I would take it in the day because it, to numb my pain because it hurt yes. so bad. To lose your child is like, you know, you expect to lose your parent I guess one day you think you're going to lose your husband. I thought I was going to lose mine in 75 years. I didn't expect right. to lose it when I'm at my age, but the loss of my son was just pulverizing. And so that when I did that for about a month or so, I don't know, month and a half. And then my friends stepped in and said, okay, 
No. You're not a drug addict. It's like, you don't even know how to be one. Get back on your green juice, vinegar drinking, you know, yoga, hiking, meditating. And, and, you know, you got to deal with this. You have children, you have a business, you know, you have a career, like don't lose it all. You just can't. So, you know, that was another choice. Numbing it is not going to make it go away. It just numbs it. It's still there. Mm -hmm. And what I find when people numb it, they know that they're doing the wrong thing. And then this guilt. And they have the guilt. Yes. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help. And you know, another thing that's really interesting, you know, I, I remember like telling my kids, oh, you know, don't drink, don't do drugs. And, and, and my daughter Rose was so funny. She's like, mom, your lectures were so lame. And I, and I was kind of offended. <laughs> like what? Right. <laughs> I thought I was going to get an Academy Award for those lectures. And she said, no, actually your example was so much stronger. You know, your work ethic, the way you handled Ken's death, the way, you know, you raise awareness when you're tired and feel like you want to cry. And, you know, raising money for your charities. And, and I thought, well, I didn't even realize that until she brought that to my attention, how, how as parents, our examples are so, so important. And so, yeah. So I think for me, you know, handling this grieving and I don't, you know, I think it, thank you very much. It's such a nice compliment when people say that I'm grieving with grace and dignity. And, you know, I try to, I don't always, you know, I believe me, I have, I have so many breakdowns and moments where I'm just uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard, but, um, you know, like I said, I think if you can try to keep, you know, mentally positive and just, I, I know that one day I will go up to heaven and I will be with my son and my mom and my husband and we'll be together again. And so I think maybe death doesn't scare me quite as much as it had, you know, before I, I had this, I think I was scared of it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go now because it's not my time, but right when it is, you know, I, I think it's harder to be in this world than I think over there, everything's probably pretty amazing. Right. No, I think there's not so much pain and anger. And, well, at least that's what Frustration. I yeah. yeah. No, I get that. And I think your work, I want to pivot a little bit into your work, Pretty Girl Makeup. And in my estimation, how that ties into this whole grief and grace. Sometimes people say, oh, makeup is just superficial and it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. And while there's some truth to that, I also find great power in proactively doing things that make you look better. Because when I look better, I feel better. And it's not about changing who I am. It's not about masking who I am. It's about taking those positive steps. And Putting on my makeup in the morning makes me fresh and happy and powerful because I am being proactive. And I just would like to hear more about your work as a makeup artist with your Pretty Girl makeup line and the good that you create in the world through that. I, I 100% agree with you. Sometimes I wake up and I think, how, how did I... I know I didn't go to bed looking that frightful. How did I, I was laying there, you know, sleeping, resting. How am I not looking rested? I wake up and I'm like, ah, I'm going to hire myself, pay my full day rate, tip me and hope to God I can do a miracle. You know, I agree. I think it's important, especially right now that we're shut in and life is so weird. I mean, I don't think we could have ever imagined that we can't go to work or we not supposed to go out and be around people. It's like unfathomable that this has happened, but we have to deal with what is 
And I, I have, you know, encouraged people when I speak with my friends and my family and, you know, doing interviews that wake up at your normal time. Okay. This isn't the time to sleep in or eat poorly or not exercise. This is actually when we need to dig in deep, really be disciplined because I think it is the only way we're going to get through this in a positive way. I've had to, you know, I am, you know, a makeup artist. I just finished, I wrapped um, a TV show um, in LA last month. Um, and so I am, I have an agent and I'm with artist services in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. And so I am used to being a gypsy and bumping all over the place and, you know, running my business and doing all these things. So I have had to figure out, okay, I can't, go do a photo shoot. I, what am I going to do? So I revamped my website with my friend, Jordan Black, who's amazing. And we redid it. We, I brought my um, product to a photographer with social distancing and um, she photographed, she did an amazing job. And then we added on for me to do virtual makeup lessons that I would normally not have the time to do. So we've added that. So I really feel, yes, it feels like the universe has dealt us some really yucky, sour lemons, but we need to make really sweet, yummy lemonade. And yeah. so I feel that, you know, this, we should look at this little timeout that the universe has given us as a time to do the things that we normally don't have time to do. And to reflect upon, you know, how, when we, when we get out of this, how am I going to live my life and, and what can I do better and what can I do to serve others? So I really feel that this time, it's definitely how you choose to use it. Mm -hmm. You can use it in a positive way or you can wallow and cry and feel sorry for yourself and gain a hundred pounds. Exactly. Totally up to you. Mm -hmm. And that's again, part of that grief and grace thing, because I think a lot of people are experiencing grief, grief that they can't plan, grief that events they were looking forward to are not happening, grief over all of this stuff. And you're right. You cannot be graceful if you're sleeping in until noon eating chocolate cake all day long and laying around binge watching TV programs. And how many of us have that whole list of things that we want to do, but we never have the time to do. Absolutely. Uh, everyone. We've all everyone, got everyone. We all do. And you know, maybe it's a time that you want to start a new project, start a website, start a podcast. I don't know. There's a million things in the world that you can do from your home. Um, you can, you can work out, you know, people have been so generous. Um, a friend of mine, Susan Hauser, she does yoga in uh, Marin County. She is so generous. She is giving free yoga classes every day. And, you know, that is keeping people positive. And her infectious energy when she puts on the music and laughs and makes people feel good, that's, you know, so hopefully, she, you know, Susan doing that amazing deed is going to lead to someone else in her class doing something else. I know it helps me to stay focused. It helps me to feel good and, you know, you're sitting around more than normal. So it, you're a little more achy. So that class really is great. So it's, I really want to honor all the people that are out there doing like you uh, that are doing positive things during this time. Everybody is doing some positive things right now. And just like you were talking about with the scholarship funds and the gardens and the golf tournament, one horrible incident, one tragedy often has the potential to create so much good. And you're absolutely right. A lot of people right now are giving and it could create an avalanche of positive that far outweighs. I like how you say that, an avalanche of positive. I think that's really true and amazing. I think that's, that's very accurate. Um, 
I, you know, I've read somewhere it said, you know, everything's a blessing. You just don't always know it um, this second, this week, this month, or even in this lifetime. But you just need to know that everything is a blessing. And if you know that, it really does help, you know, no, accepting, you know, life's challenges and bumps. So I think if you can just remember that, you know, I'm grateful and, and it was a blessing to have Ben and Bo and, you know, be married to Ken for eight years it was a blessing. You know, it changed my life. It changed my children's life. He helped heal our family after Bo died. And so I'm grateful for that. So those are all blessings, but we just have to decide and make the choice of everything being um, a blessing. So it's not always easy. And you can waver. Like I can think that it's a blessing, but then I can get angry and feel like, you know, that this is unjust that I am without my husband and my baby and, you know, and that we're shut in with this coronavirus, you know, I don't want anyone to think that I'm always like in this amazing, great mood. I'm, I'm normal. I have my ups and downs and my moods as well, but it really is. I, it's almost foreign to me to be in a bad mood and angry. It doesn't feel good to me. No, so, because I am like you pretty positive most of the time. So when I am in a bad mood, I don't like it and I don't want to be there. So I do everything I can do to get to stay in a good mood and be positive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's again, where that grace piece comes to allow, because you're right. I don't like the way it feels and I'm normally not there, but I find it worse if I start beating myself up for being there. Oh my God, Laura, why can't you be happy? Why can't you? Because I can't be. Sometimes I do have to take that nosedive. Don't you think though, how, you know, it's so funny. I feel like we're so unbelievably hard on ourselves to the point where we would never treat another, other human being the way we would treat ourselves. Never. That that's so wrong. I mean, it just see, if you think of it that way, like, okay, why am I going to treat myself who I need to love? Cause I can't really love anyone else if I don't love myself. I would never treat myself the way, I mean, I would never treat others the way I treat myself, right? Mm-hmm. I just right. wouldn't. I would never be that harsh on anyone the way I am right. on myself. And so I've learned to um, forgive myself for things, um, accept myself, and to be kind to myself. Like, you know, some days if I want to just go for a run or go to yoga or turn off my phone or eat some cake or, you know, have a glass of wine or whatever, I'm going to do that. So I'm really allowing myself the freedom to be nice to myself and do nice, fun things. We, we all need that downtime to feel good about ourselves. And, and it, because it's going to refill our battery or recharge our battery to give back to, to everyone else for our children and our, you know, our work and our charities. I just think it's important. Yeah, it is. It and is. I also think, Oh, this is my big one. Do not watch the news right now. You really need to monitor how much we're watching. It's changing every second. And I just feel that all that negativity, I think our minds are incredibly powerful, but they're also incredibly fragile. So if we are constantly hearing, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to get this disease, you know, you are. So you really have to not, you know, limit at least, or at least, you know, just don't have it on all day long. Watch something that's going to make you smile and laugh and, 
you know, happy cry, happy tears, not sad ones. Yes. Yes. And that is the perfect transition into walking you through the five steps of flaunt because there's a lot of laughter and happy tears in the five steps of flaunt. So let's take a quick break for our sponsor and then we will come right back and do the five steps of flaunt. According to Harvard's Health and Happiness Study, the number one way to find happiness is to feel good. And Laura's 90-day Fit to Flaunt program is all about feeling good every day. If you're sick and tired of the unhealthy, unrealistic, and unattainable goals that the diet and fitness industry shoves at us all, then Fit to Flaunt is the program for you. Based on your goals, your body, your lifestyle, and most importantly, how you feel, Fit to Flaunt will change the way you think about health, happiness, and most importantly, yourself. For more information, go to www.lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com because the program starts soon (laughs) and fills up fast. And we are back with Christina Flack, the CEO and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. She is an incredible makeup artist. She is also an extraordinary woman who has been through an extraordinary amount of grief and loss and has created an extraordinary amount of good in the world as a result of some of that grief and loss. Um, Namely, educating people about sepsis, what it is, how, how, how it shows up. So people who are facing a situation know how to handle it. They know how to advocate for themselves, for their loved one, and hopefully will not go through the kind of devastating experience that she went through losing her husband to sepsis. So we're going to pivot into the five steps of flaunt. And as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, the five steps of flaunt are a practice. They are like yoga. They are like meditation. They are something that you can do every day to help balance, to help yourself find that even ground so that no matter if you're having a good day or a frustrating day or a really horrific day, you can get back in touch with you, with yourself, with your heart, and at least be able to find ground and center into the truth of who you are. So Christina, the first step of flaunt is F, find your fetish. And find your fetish, okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and find your fetish is defined a couple different ways. It can be finding that fetish, which means that thing that you love to do because it's so fun, whether it's baking something or running or digging in the dirt. But finding your fetish can also be like finding the magic. Dumbo's feather was a fetish. He believed that the fetish gave him the power to fly, even though the power was within him all along. Right. That's true. Yeah. So what, what is one of your fetishes? What is something that you can always turn to that will always bring you up? Um, painting faces. Being a makeup artist makes me really happy. Going to yoga. Um, see, spending time with my children. I love my kids. Um, you know, they've gotten, they're 26, 24, you know, 20 and, and 13 now, and they've become such wonderful adults. Um, 
I enjoy spending time with them. They really are funny and thoughtful. I, I just love it. They, they are one of my fetishes for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You said painting faces, being the makeup artist makes you happy. It does. I love it. I, I love people and I'm, it's, so it's like twofold. I love, you know, turning a face into create it, making it look the best version of, of their, of their face. But I also love meeting new people. I enjoy, you know, spending time with them and getting to know them on a pretty deep level in a short period of time. Um, you know, when you're doing a TV show, you're together long hours or on a photo shoot and, you know, it's really, it's a blessing. I've gotten to meet some people that I wouldn't normally meet. Condoleezza Rice, you know, Hillary Swank, uh, Isaiah Washington, and worked with like Gucci and Louis Vuitton and, you know, Mark and Graham. I've worked with some amazing people and even, you know, the people that are on the creative side, you know, the lighting people, everyone, it's just, I, I meet really wonderful people. And that's, a, that's something that makes, gives me a lot of joy. I bet. I bet. Now the second step of flaunt is L laugh out loud. And I really believe in the power of laughter in good times, in bad times, even in neutral times. I think when we look for the joy, when we look for the laughter, we find it. And sometimes if we're not vigilant looking for it, it's not going to show up. You've been through some pretty dark times and you continue to do a lot of good work around that. But what is the role of laughter and how do you balance laughter with grief? Oh my gosh. You know, I, you know, if you know me, you know that I have the loudest laugh in the entire world and I laugh a lot and I love to laugh. And during the grieving, the beginnings of grief, it was really hard to find the laughter um, in anything. But you know, I would think of funny things that of Ken, I have, you know, uh, a lot of video of Ken making me laugh. And so I would look at that and, and I would make it, it would make me laugh and it would make me feel really good. And I a thousand percent agree with you. Laughter to me, laughter is like just the most delicious thing in the world. It's just, it feels good. It makes other people laugh. I don't know. I love to laugh. It is, that is one of my fetishes. I think it's one, something that I love very much. I love that. The next step of flaunt is AU, and that is for accept unconditionally. And in order for healing to take place, I really believe we have to accept unconditionally. And although bargaining is a natural phase of grief, you know, I, dear God, I will do this forevermore if you only do this for me. <laughs> right. um, until we accept unconditionally, I really believe that we are trapped and that we're unable to move on. I was just hoping you could share some of your wisdom around accepting some of the stuff that you've been through unconditionally, both the loss and some of the positives. You know, you mentioned you get to work with some pretty amazing people and accepting unconditionally your role as a creative makeup artist who gets to create joy, both accepting the positive and the negative. I'd love your take on some of that. I, I agree. I think that, you know, except, I mean, it's hard to accept some things, but you have to just know that, you know, we have to accept things and you can, again, it's a choice. You can choose to be positive about it, or you can choose to just be pissed off and angry and bitter. And you know, I, I just think that you can look at life. It's so funny. I've, I've done so many interviews where people will say to me, oh my gosh, like, how do you even wake up in the morning? Your life's so tragic. And 
I don't see that of my life. I think I've had the most extraordinary life. I've, I've loved so much and so strong and powerfully and I've traveled and I've created and I've laughed and I've loved and I, I, you know, I, I feel that I have probably a very blessed life. I, 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 I've, I don't think you can, you know, there's balance, right. And everything. And I think that perhaps, you know, because I've had such high highs, I've had some low lows and, um, definitely losing people that I love, um, is very painful for me. And I, 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 you know, I have abandonment issues clearly. Uh, you know, I, it's hard for me. I tell everyone I love them. Um, I don't love, I, I really dislike saying goodbye to people. Even if I know I'm going to see them in an hour, it's, it's hard for me because you know, when things, when like my husband, it feels like he was taken away from me. I, it's very, that's something that I am working through, you know, learning to just be able to say goodbye and not be scared because mm-hmm. that's, it's hard for me. Mm-hmm. I liked how you said though, the high highs and the low lows, because to me, that just shows acceptance. You're saying here I am life here. I am universe. I trust, I receive and let's go on this ride. And I think that's beautiful. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I, I you know, I have had to accept there's no other choice. No, I can't bring him back. Believe me, I've tried. You know, right. I've looked up at the sky and just said, you know, Ken Flack, try harder, get back down here. Right. You know, dinner's ready. You know, and believe me, if I can't power, if I can't will him back, I, there's just nobody can. You know, nobody can. So yeah. I have to. I have to accept. Just, the next step of flaunt is N, and that's the navigate the negative. And you mentioned some of the tools you know, that you learned in grief camp that you've learned along the way, navigating some of this. Is there something or a couple of things that are the most powerful tools to navigate that negative that you can share with our listeners today? I think um, just taking care of oneself, Um, you know, really being able to have that time to rest, to eat well, to exercise, to have balance in your life, to have some fun and laughter, uh, it's really important. You shouldn't feel guilty to enjoy life. You shouldn't feel guilty if you need to go take a walk or, or have some time. Um, I think it's really important. I said, I think the better that we take care of ourselves, we're able to take care of others. And I really want to take care of my family and my friends and my clients. And so I do need to take time for myself. I did yoga this morning, you know, um, go on a walk or, you know, I made sure that I had a green juice. I, all those things you know, are little positive things that I'm putting into my body or doing for my body that are going to help me give a better interview to, you know, work harder to, you know, handle situations that are challenging. So that's, it's important. Yeah. I love that. Even just for clarity of thought, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Because like you had mentioned, there's nothing wrong with having the glass of wine or the piece of cake, but if you have the glass of wine and the piece of cake every single day, pretty soon, my brain does get muddled. <laughs> oh, it definitely does. And, you know, sugar, you know, my kids make jokes about me because I always say sugar's the devil. Fat's your friend. Um, mm-hmm. Sugar is a drug. It definitely is. It gives you a high and then you come down. So, you know, I, I really try to limit my sugar intake, whether it's alcohol or cookies um, or cake. I, I limit it because I know that it's only going to lead to more cookies, sugar, cake, or wine. So, I think we have, you know, being disciplined, it's important. It's, it's something that we all need to have. And if, when we start losing our lack of uh, discipline, 
we've lost, we'll lose ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes right into that last step of flaunt, which is T and that's trusting your truth. And I believe we all know our truth. I believe we are all divine spirit inside and that we all want to feel good and to be healthy and to be creative and loving and all of that. And that sometimes things get layered on, you know, the sugar addiction gets layered on, right? Grief gets layered on, but who are you at your divine, most beautiful core? And it doesn't matter if it's just a random string of words or if it's a beautifully crafted sentence. Who is Christina Flack at her most raw, authentic core? Hmm. I think Christina Flack is a very passionately loving, um, generous, uh, kind, funny person. And I think she tries really hard to do good for the world. I love that. Make the world a better place. I truly, that is always my goal every day to make, I say to my kids, you know, make the world a better place every time, you know, wherever you go, leave it better than when you, when you entered it. If you went into a room, leave it cleaner or happier or more joyful. And I think if we could all do that, I think the world would be a better, happier place. Oh, I love that. And I love that you distilled it down to, you don't have to do something materialistic. You can go in and make the room a happier place. You know, it's so funny. I always say, I don't need presence. I need time. And I need, I want time with my friends and the people that I love. I, it's so important to me having these moments and memories to share. I've really, I, I love buying presents but I also love buying presents that are experiences. So I've been starting with my kids to buy them tickets to concerts or plays or, you know, go to an amazing restaurant or on a, take them on a holiday. And I find that those are so much stronger, more powerful and, and, and deeper than, than, you know, buying a new handbag. Not that I don't like the handbag, but I think... I think it's better. I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, just give me a little of your time. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's the awareness of loss that creates a stronger awareness around how important that time is. Oh, uh, definitely. I think for sure, because of the amount of loss that I have experienced, you know, besides the loss of, you know, my mom and my son and, and Ken, you know, I got divorced, you know, that was a loss, um, change the dynamic of my family. And I'm really lucky that my ex-husband and I get along so well, you know, we're still a family and we co-parent and everything, but those are all, it's amazing. We all have different losses in our lives that, and, and they're hard. They're, they're hard things to maneuver sometimes, but, um, we just have to, I mean, it's life and, you know, you can, I just wish everyone would choose happiness. I really, really do. And, and laughter and joy because it's, the world is an amazing place if you, if you let it be. Oh, absolutely. Now, where can listeners get in touch with you, learn more about you, both for your products, your services, you know, around pretty girl makeup, but also around sepsis and some of the awareness, where, where can they find you? So if you'd like to find out more information about sepsis, you can go to sepsis.org. It's a wonderful website that's very informative. They will tell you 
all all the things you need to know about sepsis. Um, if you want to find out about, if you want to see my portfolio, you can go to christinaflack.com. Um, and my makeup, Pretty Girl Makeup, is prettygirlmakeup.com. And we're on Instagram and Facebook, Christina Flack Makeup, um, on Instagram and Facebook. And the Pretty Girl Makeup, it's P-R-E-T-T-Y-G-I-R-L-M-K-U-P on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And um, yeah, try my products. Yeah, because Pretty Girl Makeup is for everybody. We don't have to be a celebrity Absolutely. No. do that. In fact, I have some right here. Ooh, here's some pretty girl. This is, I named all my products, funny little names. So this is soulmates. Oh, honey, love of my life. Uh, here we have baby love, love of my life, darling and Hey lover. Oh, I so love yeah, I, I, you know, look, I'm not curing cancer. I'm a makeup artist. I've got lip gloss. And if I can give someone a little chuckle, a laughter, a smile, putting on a little lip gloss to moisturize and give them a little color, you know, if, with a funny name, then that's great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, like I said, when I talked about it, I don't use makeup to hide who I am. And I hate it when people are like, hey, yeah, about makeup. Makeup is fun. It's colorful. It's bright. It it's is. And, and I think it makes you be the best. It, it can help you look like the best version of yourself, but also feel like the best version of yourself. I mean, I don't yes. care what anyone says. You can say it's superficial all day long, but mm -hmm. when you're feeling haggard and tired, your energy is haggard and tired. Yes. So, you know, you don't want that. So if you can do anything you can to make yourself feel better, well, why would you not? Absolutely. Oh, and I, I always say, because I teach fitness classes, I always say I work out harder, I run faster, I jump higher, and I do better if I have lip gloss on. I, true. gosh, I love you. I'm going to have you be pretty girl of the day. That's yes. absolutely true. Yeah. It's power. You know, the, the mind is so powerful and, and you know, your energy, if you can, if you feel like that, you can. So that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear you feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I am going to go lip gloss is kind of my fetish. I love lip gloss. <laughs> well, I will definitely have to send you some. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So and I will give a discount code for you. Um, Laura. So it'll be, um, I'll make it after we're finished. Ooh. It'll be 20% off to all, to, to everyone, um, Ooh. with, with your name. So L O L it's L O R A L O R A. L -O -R -A. So that will be your um, discount code. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. listeners go do that. That yeah. sounds pretty. pretty girl makeup, uh, discount code, Laura. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're all in, especially now when we need a little bit of perking up. So absolutely. Yay. So Christina, thank you for thank the you. code. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <It's forever. laughs> That's your gift with purchase for your interview. Yay. Thank you for your wisdom, both around grace and hey, stepping into it and also around grief and being able to hold room and space for both things all at the same time. I know you are Korea creating a tremendous amount of good in the world. And I thank you for that. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's, you know, it's nice to hear that, you know, sometimes you forget and you get tired and it is nice to hear someone, you know, seeing the good that I'm doing in the world and, and acknowledging it. And that's really nice. So thank you for that. I, I, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. And listeners, whatever it is you're experiencing, whether it's horrible or eh, irritating, please hold space 
to grieve in your own heart. Reach out to me, to people like Christina, to learn more, to do what you can to create that kind of good in the world. And no matter what, talk about it. Talk yes. about the positive. Please don't hide it. My gosh, it's no. just not going to do anything. And you know, people always say, you know, sweep things under the rug. Well, nope. the rug's going to be piled up with dirt. So why don't we just clean it out the first time and not get a big pile of dirt under it? And, yes. You know? And then it's done. And then it's done. It's kind of like, I read something once that said, you know, as soon as you like can acknowledge that there's a problem or that, that you did something wrong, then it's over. You can't argue about it anymore. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier. So do that. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. If it's a professional, if it's a friend, just talk about it. Absolutely. And again, if your listeners feel free to reach out to me, uh, my email is Christina at prettygirlmakeup.com. And I, I hear from people all the time that are, you know, think they might have sepsis or they've lost someone they've loved. And, and, you know, I'm happy to, to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you because it's hard. It's all hard and we're all there. You're not alone in whatever it is that you've experienced. It's amazing. Like you feel like just knowing that someone's there listening to you, it doesn't, the burden doesn't feel quite so heavy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. So much fun. Yes. And listeners have a great week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com.